Good morning and welcome to worship at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. We continue to give thanks for God's invitation to us to gather in this way, to worship together, and to celebrate on this particular morning, All Saints Sunday. Before we begin worship, I have several important announcements that uh, I'm glad to share with you now. The first is if you are planning on joining us for worship tonight, we are hopeful that the rain is going to hold off. Our children's chapel would begin at 4.30 and worship on the lawn begins at 5 o'clock. You're invited to check your email and Selwyn Avenue social media pages to be sure if you have any questions about what our weather might be doing. It is with great joy that we welcome into the membership of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church two uh, new households membership, well really one and a half. Um, the first one is Matt Claxton. Matt Claxton has already been a part of our Selwyn community for over eight years now. He is married to our elder and member Kim Claxton, and now he's just making things official. So we are excited to welcome him officially into membership here at Selwyn. Both Kim and Matt have two children. Uh, Reed is a first grader, and Kate is um, in, in pre-kindergarten, and we look forward to continuing our relationship with them. Also, we welcome Barbara and Robert Yurkatat, along with their eighth grade daughters, Caroline and Anna Grace. Caroline enjoys ballet and Anna Grace enjoys rock climbing. They have been active participants in our youth program and now are in our confirmation class. Robert works for Truist in HR and Barbara is an occupational therapist who's spending time raising their daughters. They also have been engaged in the life of our congregation and we look forward to getting to know them more when we are not separated by a global pandemic. Please remember that we are in the midst of a very important stewardship season here at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. We want to share as much as we can about the life and the vision and the mission of our church. There are two listening sessions and we invite you to attend those on Zoom. One is next Thursday at 7, 7.30 at night and the other one is next Wednesday, the 11th of November, during the day. Please look for more information on our website about those listening sessions. And if you are ready to text your pledge for the upcoming year, that number is 704-734-9818. Many people have asked us how they might love our neighbors in such a time as this. A, a few suggestions can be found on, in our church notes this morning, but please note that today is a first food Sunday, which means that Selwynites all over the place should be dropping off bags of groceries for our pantry that we help host at Montclair Elementary School. We are also preparing lunches for Roof Above, and you can sign up to be a part of that initiative. And we are about to start a Habitat for Humanity build on November 14th. Please pay attention to what's happening with our mission partners across the Charlotte community. Unfortunately, several members of our church community received an urgent scam email that looked like it might have come from me. It did not. I'll remind all of you that you should never receive an email or an urgent request for money or a phone call or an email back from any member of this staff. If you do and you're concerned, please just reach out to us and we'll be sure to clear it up. Last but not least, our condolences are extended to Janice Finine, along with her husband Tim and their children on the death of her grandmother, Lois Cagle. Services will be held in Albemarle where her family resides. 
We give thanks for all the saints, and now we prepare our hearts to worship God. Welcome to this holy day. Please stand as you are able and join me in our call to worship. I will bless the Lord at all times. God's praise will be in my mouth. My, my soul, soul makes its boast in the Lord. Lord. Let, Let the, the humble, humble hear and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Together let us lift his name up high. Taste and see how good the Lord is. The one who takes refuge in God is truly happy. Thank you. 
It is in our confession where we realize our desire for God and our hope for God's mercy. It is in admitting the truth of our lives that we take the first step towards wholeness and healing. So let us make our confession before God and one another in unison. God, we come before you knowing that we have fallen short in the works you call us to do. Please forgive us for the ways that we selfishly continue to serve ourselves instead of serving those around us. We often conform to the desires of this world instead of the desires of your heart. Thank you, God, that even in our shortcomings, your goodness and strength are made perfect. The race has been set before us by many people who have sought your will in your good works. Let us follow in their steps and in Jesus' steps as we try our best to bring joy, hope, peace, and love to a world that needs more of your light. Make your ways known to us. Teach us your paths. In your great and mighty name we pray. Amen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight in the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, believe in the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. On this All Saints Sunday, we turn to the fifth chapter of Matthew, and we find Jesus delivering the first part of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. As we continue through our fall series on the things that Jesus says, let us first say a prayer. Oh, holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Listen now to these familiar words found in Matthew's fifth chapter, verses 1 through 11. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. 
Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God bless the hearing and the speaking of God's holy word. Amen. Well, where do we go to find hope or good news or even access to God in these days? Every weekday morning, driving through uptown Charlotte is like driving through a ghost town. Although on the north side, if you drive all the way around, you will pass a row of pitched tents and makeshift shelters on the ridge of 277. Selwyn Avenue may have provided for a few of those tents back in the spring when we thought Charlotte's homeless shelters would open again for our neighbors in only a few weeks. Well, it's been eight months. Last night was cold. And this morning, rain is certainly dripping and seeping through the nylon and the plastic. Last night, the streets of our neighborhood were unusually empty and quiet on a Halloween. It wasn't really called off, but COVID basically shut it down. So we turned on the television and flipped through football being played in empty stadiums. Finally, I took over the remote. Where do we go? Where are the places? Who are the people? How long, oh Lord? Here's what I deduced from the television last night. Blessed are the rich. Blessed are those who are not first responders. Blessed are those who win races and soccer games or have access and privilege. Blessed are those who beat the system. Blessed is a woman who got pregnant the first time they tried, only gained 45 pounds, and never has morning sickness. Blessed are those with healthy bodies, those who work out and eat well because they have the confidence and the energy and the resources for all of that to happen. Blessed are those who have flood insurance and live near the coast. Blessed are those who are not judged or oppressed by the color of the skin of their skin or who they love. Blessed are those who pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Blessed are those who ignore the conflict and brokenness of this world. Blessed are those who are told they are beautiful by magazines and advertisements. If this, if this is the way it really is, if what we learn and hear on our televisions and screens is the center of our lives, where do we find hope or good news or access to God if this is the order of our lives? Blessing. What does it mean to be blessed anyway? Where do we find access to God's blessing? What can we even expect from God in the everyday, ordinary steps of our lives? On this the day of the communion of saints, when we gather at the Lord's table, we give thanks and we remember God's acts and the way that God moves beyond time and space and the way God draws us together with those who have gone before us. And so, yes, we are here. And well, you are there. And yes, by God's Holy Spirit, we are together. But the sanctuary is empty this morning. 
And all of these empty spaces in our lives reveal something to us about how God shows up in the midst of our ordinary, chaotic, empty lives. A sanctuary indicates a holy place of refuge and rest, set apart for the purpose of being in God's midst. And while the space between us is full of God's grace, I wonder what happens if our access to each other and to God, I wonder if the boundaries between us might just seem too wide or too permanent or too insurmountable, as Jan Richardson once wrote. What if we don't have access to our sanctuaries? What if we don't have access to God's blessings in the ways that we used to depend upon? What if Zoom and Facebook and phone calls, what if they're not enough? What if there are too many locked doors and rules and restrictions for some people to have access to God? What about access to hospital rooms? What about feeling isolated in apartments and dorms? What if we can't get into our shelters and our schools and our safe spaces? When the Hebrews built altars for sacrifices to God, they found their sacred and holy places, the thin places, as we call them, near caves and at the base of riverbeds and, of course, on mountaintops. And the smoke from their offerings would bellow toward the heavens, and they hoped that it might please God and beckon God's favor and presence among them. And I guess that was certainly the case until they found their way out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea and realized that there really was no going back. And at that moment, the only thing ahead of them was a vast, empty space of the unknown. There were no sanctuaries. There were no altars. Only then did God suggest another way, a temporary way, a way to see them through the empty places of their lives, saying to Moses, let them make for me a sanctuary that I might dwell in their midst. It would be a tabernacle, a portable tent, and it was meant to create shelter for the Ark of the Covenant or the Ten Commandments as they traveled year after year and mile after mile. Make for me a sanctuary that I might dwell in your midst. It's pretty hard to lose sight of God if you pitch her tent right in the center of camp. And I wonder where God's tent is these days. What if we're not allowed to dance and sing together in deep joy? What if we're not allowed to embrace and weep together in deep sorrow? What if the space between us is too wide and too empty? What if we can't remember? What if we lose our way? Jan Richardson describes blessing as God's desire for our wholeness. Blessings reveal God's abundant grace in the midst of our ordinary emptiness and our despair. And so often, so often we find ourselves misappropriating blessing as a sign of God's favor in the form of prosperity. But if God's blessings have nothing to do with our abundance or our deservedness or even our faithfulness, then that means they must have to do with God's abundance and God's faithfulness. God's blessings are not rules to live by and they're not taglines for how to be a good Christian. Blessings open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to God in our midst when we do not expect it. And I know there are thin places in this world. 
I know they say they exist in Scotland and in Ireland. And I know that we all have access to those places sometimes, whether it's a mountain or an ocean or maybe this sanctuary. But in many ways, we're traveling through the wilderness. And God is saying, make me a sanctuary that I might dwell in your midst. You see, we do not travel alone. Did you know that in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, it's literally translated like this. And the word became flesh and pitched a tent among us. Christ was and Christ is God with us on the ground, a sanctuary in our midst and in our hearts. And Christ, you see, Christ blurs the lines between heaven and earth now and then already, but not quite yet. And this morning, eight months into a global pandemic and two days before a presidential election, we find Jesus climbing a mountain as he turns the value systems of this world on its head and boldly proclaims the reign of God by the way of blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Blessing in order that we might perceive God's abundant grace within the reality of all this emptiness. Blessing in order that we might first see the suffering and the brokenness of this world before considering our own priorities. Blessing in order that we might reorient our lives and purposes according to God's reign and not our loneliness or fear or greed or politics or pride. Blessing in order that we might allow Christ to pitch a tent in the center of our hearts. God's blessing is really good news if you happen to be the most desperate, miserable, inept, incapable, exhausted, and broken-hearted of the bunch. Because I imagine, I imagine that Jesus' tent looks a lot less like a four-person Gore-Tex Patagonia pitched up in the backyard and a lot more like those tents out there near the interstate. I reckon that Jesus' tent is tattered and stretched beyond their original intent. And it's ready to pack up and move along. If only, if only we could pack it up and move along. If only God will show up. After all, it is God's nature to bless. And so I wonder if blessing is coming off a ventilator or recovering from a stroke or a note of encouragement. Blessing is forgiveness in a marriage. Blessing is steadfastness in a marriage. Blessing is a sponsor who calls at just the right time. Blessing is two more years or two more months or two more weeks or two more hours to lie in the bed beside your parent or your child or your spouse before they die. God's blessing is not a first-class ticket to paradise, and a 12-course meal. It is manna falling from the sky and the deepest orange sunrise on the horizon as you pack your tent and look ahead. Blessing is God's assurance and promise of the resurrection in our moments of deep grief and suffering, knowing that by the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, God has forever turned that manna into an abundant feast of bread and wine, I was thinking about All Saints Day, and I thought about my papa. 
My papa was the kind of grandfather you read about in children's books. He had a workshop in a garden full of vegetables. My family gathered at the table all the time for many a summer meal, for Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter's, and he would always offer the blessing. I never understood a word that he said. He would knock and mumble in a deep voice, no, bless us, all bless us, Christ's sake, amen. Years later, after he died, we, we gathered at the table, and for a minute there was this deep sense of emptiness and loss. No one wanted to say the blessing, and frankly, I'm not sure any of us knew what he'd been saying all of those years. But finally, my mom politely knocked at the table and said, Lord, bless these and all other blessings for Christ's sake. Amen. Friends, someone's mission is made possible by your incredible generosity. During our anthem today, may we reflect on the ways that God is calling us to respond in this season. Whether it be your time, your knowledge, participation in a study or a circle, participation in a committee for worship or mission, or a financial pledge, all these beautiful gifts help us to continue to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world. The text to, uh, to give number is 704-734-9818. Let us listen with open hearts and respond to God's call.
Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for all the gifts and blessings you provide that nourish, guide, and sustain us. We ask that you take what we gather, bind it to your will, so that your works may be done. Together we seek to serve you and our neighbors with a greater sense of love, mercy, and peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we come to this table today, wherever we are, and the actual table itself becomes special because it is a symbol of another table that stretches as far as the eye can see, a table that is laden with God's good gifts, where no one goes hungry and no one sits alone, a table where everyone we love and whoever loved us sits and feasts together. In our own lives, we may sit at tables where there are empty chairs, people we love and miss, who for many reasons aren't there with us, who no longer stop by for dinner and who may not be able to come home for the holidays. And we grieve those empty chairs, but we know that in Christ, our separation is only a temporary thing. And we give thanks this day, and we come gladly to this table to eat once more with those who join with all the saints, all of our saints, and with Jesus Christ, who leads us all to this banquet where all are invited and all are welcome here. Let us pray. Gracious God, you bear the pain of the world, and we understand that there is nothing about your gift of grace that is cheap. We ask you to look with compassion on those who are sick and who are suffering. Bring healing as a sign of your grace. Encourage them by the presence of your Holy Spirit. In our communion with you, we have communion with generations past and generations yet unborn. Before your throne, we are one with a great multitude which no one could number. And in praising you, we join with those from every nation. You've called us to be the church of Jesus Christ. Keep us one in faith and service, breaking bread together and proclaiming the good news to the world that all may believe you are love, turn to your ways and live in the light of your truth. We give thanks, O Lord, for all your saints and servants who have done justly, loved mercy, and walked humbly with you. For all the high and holy ones who have wrought wonders and been shining lights in the world, we thank you. For all the meek and lowly ones who have earnestly sought you in darkness and held fast their faith in trial and done good unto all people as they had opportunity, we thank you especially for those men and women whom we have known and loved, who by their patient obedience and self-denial, steadfast hope and helpfulness and difficulty have shown the mind that was in Christ Jesus, we bless your holy name. As they have comforted and upheld our souls, grant us grace to follow in their steps and at last to share with them in the inheritance of the saints in light 
through Jesus Christ our Savior. And now, with great humility and respect, we remember, honor, and celebrate the following persons who have died this year and now share the glory of God into life eternal in the communion of saints. Donald Harrison Caldwell, Jr. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Robert Hateman. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Hiram Stanton Green. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Carolyn Langley Strum. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Betty Neal Moore. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Bill Lavery Jr. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Margaret Black Cunningham. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Helen Montague. Here, Here with, with us. Alleluia. Sylvia Cherry. Here with us. Alleluia. Jim Bond. Here with us. Alleluia. Francis Lee. Here with us. Alleluia. Toby Roberts. Here with us. Alleluia. Francis Almond Lee. Here with us. Alleluia. Angie Williams Madigan. Here with us. Alleluia. Donna Marie Todd. Here with us. Alleluia. Lois Earnhardt Cagle. Here with us. Alleluia. and the more than 1.2 million people who have lost their lives to COVID-19. Here with us, Alleluia. Lord, silently we also remember, honor, and celebrate the life of other loved ones, friends and associates who have died and entered the glory of our Lord, which is life eternal. Keep us grateful for their lives, attentive to their witness, and eager to follow you as they did. Finally, we pray you bring us, O Lord our God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven, to enter into that gate and dwell in that house, where there shall be no darkness nor dazzling, but one equal light, no noise or silence, but one equal music. No fears nor hopes, but one equal possession. No ends nor beginnings, but one equal eternity. In the habitations of your glory and dominion, world without end. And now as our Savior Jesus Christ taught us, we are bold to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night of Jesus' arrest, he gathered around a table, a table that now extends to wherever you are, to where we are, and beyond. But this table on the night of Jesus' arrest was surrounded by those that were closest to Jesus. And after giving thanks, Jesus took a loaf of bread and he broke it, saying, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Afterwards, and in the same way, he then took a cup. And he said, this cup is a cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. And whenever you take this bread and you drink from this cup, you do so and you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. You see, these are the gifts of God for the people of God, and so we give thanks. Now you're invited to take the elements that are at your table and to partake in the Lord's Supper, knowing that we do so with the communion of saints. Now join, join me in prayer. You are our God and we are your people, O oh Lord. And we are grateful that you have claimed us as your own. You have set us in the company of saints, past and present, among those who have made bold witness to your goodness and your truth. Your word opens up new futures where we see no way forward. You know the places in our hearts where we are afraid, afraid of a future we cannot control afraid of losing health and independence, afraid for the well-being of our children, afraid that past mistakes will ruin our future. Holy God, write the stories of your people deep into our hearts so that we may learn to trust you beyond our fears. Give us hearts and minds and spirits ready to trust and follow wherever your spirit leads, confident that you will not lead us beyond your loving embrace. We ask in Jesus' name, whose outstretched arms welcome us and hold us securely in your grace. Amen. And now, as you leave this worship space, I share with you a blessing written by Jan Richardson as a benediction. To all that is chaotic in you, let there come silence. Let there be a calming of the clamoring, a stilling of the voices that have laid their claim on you, that have made their home in you, that go with you even to the holy places, but will not let you rest, will not let you hear your life with wholeness or feel the grace that fashioned you. Let what distracts you cease. Let what divides you cease. 
Let there come an end to what diminishes and demeans. And let depart all that keeps you in its cage. Let there be an opening into the quiet that lies beneath the chaos, where you find the peace you did not think possible, and see what shimmers within the storm. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which surpasses all understanding, dwell in your hearts and your minds as you leave this place and go out into the world. Amen. Thank you.